Hey guys, it's your boy Vinny B from Raider Nation Radio in the huddle. Guys, I've been talking for months now about TAT, an affordable quality CBD cigarette. Well, good news, all TAT products are now available at all Speedy Marts across Las Vegas. That's right, TAT products, all of them, are now available at all Speedy Marts across Las Vegas. Tailgating. Tailgates. Yeah, tailgating's always a blast. Yeah! It's time to start your Raider football day with the morning tailgate with your hosts, Clay Baker, Vinny Bonsignor, and Heidi Fang. Brought to you by Embajador Tequila and presented by the Realty One Group and Tuscany Suites and Casinos on Raider Nation Radio. We're talking X-Factors, and we're talking players uh, that... Uh, and maybe need to take a big step forward uh, in year two of their Raiders career, last year's uh, rookie class. I think we might be talking about one and the same for both uh, Heidi Fang. Uh, and, and to me, that is uh, Alex Leatherwood. Yeah, that's a huge, huge, huge X-factor move there, Vinny, because if he doesn't step up, and everybody knows right now, I think, especially in the division, that that's the weak side of the line. And if they can't solidify that front, it's going to cause all kinds of problems. Now, granted, something that does work well in Josh McDaniels' scheming is the the short pass. And it gives a little bit of time to Derek to be able to make quick decisions and not have to stress so much about the strength of the O-line. But when you're talking about opening up holes for the run, when you're talking about extending the field and throwing the deep pass where he's going to need more time, those are areas where you have to look at that side of the line and say, how strong will it be? And I think even if you can just dial back half the penalties, that'll even help in some respects because there were some big touchdowns last season that got called back on account of some pre-snap penalties. Yeah, the pre-snap penalties were, um, you know, you just can't have them, not in those situations. The holding penalties, I mean, you know. It's going to happen. Yeah, that's going to happen. happen. You don't want it to happen, but it is going to happen. And as our good friend Lincoln uh, Kennedy has said many, many times, you could probably call, he'll defend this jokingly with tongue-in-cheek, but the, the fact is you can almost call holding on every single play if you really wanted to do that. Uh, thankfully, the referees don't. They they, they show distract, distraction, uh, you know, in terms of that, but uh, the, the, the pre-snap ones are, are huge. But when we say X-factor and we're talking about Alex Leatherwood, um, you know, sometimes you obviously go to the negative. Boy, if he doesn't, that's going to create a big hole. But what if, yeah. he, if he does, it, it, it just takes care of so many things for the Raiders. If he can step forward in a decisive way at right tackle, the whole dynamic of the offensive line changes. Yeah, that, and you can't have enough offensive linemen, in my opinion. <laughs> so, at swing tackle, are we thinking this is going to be Brandon Parker? Yeah. Okay, and then... If Alex decisively wins that right tackle job. Yeah, and, and that's going to be an interesting part to watch during training camp is to see how all of those little little competitions, and I say little, but they're not, because I think it's just a matter of who has the extra push, who has, has the extra mobility with their feet, who has the extra movement with their hands. It's going to be able to put the placement right when they need to. Uh, who understands the playbook better? Who's grasping it faster? There's going to be all of those things that come into account once you're vying for a position that we haven't really a chance to see yet or even know. We can just sit here and say, perhaps that's what's going to happen right. you know, because of, of what we already know. But in 
the interesting thing to me too is a guy like Denzel Good when we got to see him do a little bit of movement on the field and then didn't see much of him after that on the first day of OTAs uh know he's in the building know he's working and he's somebody you know I think he's 31 years old now you think about the time he missed due to injury can he come back and still be a force on the line I think that's going to be another interesting position uh battle to watch as training camp unfolds yeah um I think ideally the Raiders um He'll be probably a guard yeah i wasn't assuming it'd be a tackle yeah no 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 doubt about it and and if 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 that's working uh at a at a fairly high clip um you know with 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 alex being the right tackle and either um you know uh, denzel good or as mo brought up uh the possibility of dylan parham winning the right right guard spot uh that 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 would be great too um especially obviously if they could do it at a at a high level uh because you know, when we talk about this Raiders offense, you're, t- you know, you have to, t- obviously we talk about the strengths with uh, all the weapons that we've been talking about, but then there's also this little cautionary, but they still have to probably overcome an offensive line that frankly wasn't very good last year. Okay. So uh, even with an offensive line that could be just average or below average, um, as long as everybody on the skill side of it, things stay healthy, this offense is going to score a lot of points. They did that last year. Um, before Henry Ruggs and before Darren Waller, you know, uh, uh, left the scene, they were still scoring a lot of points, w- even with a, a very average, mundane, basically offensive line. The thing is, what makes this such an X factor, especially with Alex, um, if it could become a good offensive line, the whole thing opens up for um, really, honestly, a spe- to be a spectacular offense. Yeah, I think if. It all falls into place. And you have to do the little fingers with the (laughs) evil planning voice. But I think if it all falls into place, they are really going to put themselves up in competition with what the experts, (laughs) put that in those quotation marks, are really going to have in their top projections of the league looking at right now. I think they're going to say, wow, we made a mistake putting them at 21. Yeah, uh, I, I, I agree. And, um, you know, for, for a guy like Alex Leatherwood, I felt last year like there were times where he was just thinking too much. Yeah. You know? Sorry, I got it. <laughs> yeah. That's you know, and, 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 and sometimes we sort of lose lose sight of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, making the transition that he made from going from left tackle to right tackle, uh, Alabama to the NFL, first of all, just being a college o- offensive lineman to becoming an NFL offensive lineman and, and needing to be – like, like the Raiders needed him to play. They, the Raiders needed him to start. There was really no other choice. Brandon Parker, um, even as we saw last year, once he um, you know uh, moved into the starting role and, and Alex uh, moved to right guard, Brandon Parker is basically Brandon Parker. He's been Brandon Parker now for a few years. You know what you're getting. It's not a high level of play uh, at all. So, so basically going into camp last it's year, the Raiders needed yeah. Alex Leatherwood to, uh, to play right tackle, period, exclamation point. Um, they needed Denzel Good. They needed Richie Incognito. None of those things really happened. All right. Right. Especially um, Incognito. I mean, they I think put a lot of chips into that basket. Yeah. To start the season and during training camp and all, and then you had the, it was Achilles. I think was no, the last it was injury. A, what uh, was his last injury? Labrum. No, uh, it was a old man hammy or something hammy. like that. Okay. Or it was it was something that. I know I'll never forget him getting off the bus in Thousand Oaks uh, after that practice, talking to uh, a couple of teammates and the trainers like, "Oh, I'll be all right. I'll be I'll be okay." You know, it's just a little something. You know, but blah, blah, blah. never saw him again. Right, and and that was unfortunate for him because all of the different. Um, I think 
adversities that he had gone through to come back and to be a guy, you know, that uh, Mike Mayock was saying, look, they can't all be Boy Scouts, everything that he had, you know, uh, I guess had put out there in the universe that people, you know, had preconceived ideas about maybe who he still might be. And you know, I think he really wanted a chance to get out there and, and prove a lot of things to people, but didn't really get that opportunity. No, two straight years mm-hmm. where he just something something came up and he couldn't play anymore. Right. Which was a little odd, but um be that as it may. So um so if 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 the bottom line though is uh when we're talking about Alex Leatherwood being a young player making that transition from college to the NFL thinking that the Raiders thinking that he was going to have a veteran presence to the left of him and Denzel Good that never happened uh, after the first week of the season. Um you know and I just sensed a player especially when you when you talk about those pre-snap penalties the jumping off sides is what we're talking about not having um you know not knowing the the, the snap count being overly anxious, probably a million things going through his mind. You got to figure, Heidi, um, that some of that is going to be lessened because things just slow down. The more you play, um, you know, the 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 older that you get, and the more you settle down, the better you feel about the playbook. You got to figure that that's going to improve for him. I think the only way it can go is up, and I keep using this example. But it's one of those things where it's really, I think, a good example of how somebody can change everything that they do from year to year. And that's Colton Miller. If you remember back, he was not good in his rookie year. And he also had a lot of the pre-snap penalties. And then he went and came back and he put on some um, mass. He put on some muscle. He talked about all the work he put in the offseason. And I'm seeing that same growth with Leatherwood from the times that he's going into the, the weight room and the posts that they're putting up about him and how he's been working on his strength. And you can see that he's a little bit more leaned out. And then to me, it's not like he's losing any muscle, but he's uh, maybe it sounds weird because he does look leaner, but he's gained a little bit of mass in the muscle and, and leaned out a bit of the fat. And I think that that's going to be really key for him going into that position and playing because it's going to give him that core strength. And some of the things I think in the early projections of Leatherwood as a draft pick was that uh, he lacked that bull rush. He lacked that um, that quick mobility uh, to be able to, to pivot if need be. And I think that the way that he has uh, done some things here in the offseason is going to help both of those things for him. Uh, I'm going to throw out a rookie grade um, oh, of rookie 49.6. Who am I Oof. talking about? Is that Colton? That was Colton, his rookie yeah, year. Yeah, yeah. You want to know what Alex Leatherwood was? Was he 60? No, 45. 45, so, okay. Pretty close. All right. Yeah, yeah, I remember it being low. I wasn't sure how low um, on on Leatherwood. Leatherwood was bad. So was so was uh, uh, Colton Miller his first year. Yeah. He was graded out as a 49 um, overall by Pro Football Focus in his rookie year. Um, in his second year, 2019, Colton Miller jumped up to a 65. Yeah. If the Raiders can get that kind of a growth spurt from Alex Leatherwood, um, the world will be a lot nicer (laughs) along the offensive line. Because you look at it real quick, Colt Miller in year three, a 73. You want to know what he graded out last year, his fourth year? Oh, I know this one already, though, so it's not fair. 84. Yeah. (laughs) It's been steady progress. Now, I'm not saying or guaranteeing, none of us are, that Alex Leatherwood is going to have a similar growth spurt. But we've seen um, we've seen 
a young Colton Miller as a rookie struggle mightily and progressively get better. They put him as fifth out of 83 uh, on the tackle spot. And I'm not sure how to really assess what they gave to Leatherwood as a grade just because they ranked him at guard, which I, as opposed to tackle. And I don't know how much different the grading system is for PFF because when you break things down, they talk about, oh, if, he, if he's if he got this one stop, then it's a .5. If he got this one, uh, you know, uh, that led to uh, the, the opponent you know, having some sort of fumble or turnover, then they get a one. You know, it's just different things like right, that. Right, but right. when you look at the pass blocking grade, that's what's wow, glaring at 31. And then the run blocking is 62 and averages out, like you said, to about a 45. Right. But it's just, it's just one of those things like the only way to go is up because there's only two guards that they ranked lower than Alex Leatherwood. Right. And I would imagine if you went back to Colton Miller's rookie year, there weren't many tackles that were ranked below him, right. um, you know, right. uh, as a rookie. So um, I, I, I guess my point is, is that uh, I, I think it would be a mistake just to write him off this year. You know, like I know um, a lot of fans just want to be in a hurry to replace him um, or not even give him a chance uh, at right tackle this year. And I'm saying, hold on a second. There's, there's precedent here. And not just from across the NFL, literally in the Raiders' backyard of Colt Miller at a you know even more important position uh, at left tackle, uh, who started slow, had some rocky times, uh, had had problems with penalties, just like yeah. Alex Leatherwood yeah. did. Uh, I think their strengths are a little bit um, you know flipped. I think that Alex is a better run blocker, whereas Colton um, is a better pass blocker. But the fact is. Colton improved all uh, facets of his game. I don't see why Alex Leatherwood can't. And I would really, 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 really hope in my perfect world that he is using Colton Miller as a mentor and vice versa, that uh, Miller is uh, making himself available to be a mentor to Alex Leatherwood. Like he's gone and said, look, I was there, man. I would love to see something like that happening between I think them. That's, I think that that's definitely going on. And we've when we've talked to Colton about uh, Alex, He's talked about, you know, uh, hey, I'm seeing all the right things. Mm -hmm. And he knows what that process is because <laughs> he, he went through it. So yeah. uh, let's not be in a hurry uh, to write off Alex Leatherwood, even though he did struggle as his rookie, in his rookie year because the future can be brighter. Yeah. Colt Miller, the left tackle, is living proof of that. Uh, you are in uh, hanging oh. out with the morning tailgate up. show. And it's uh, up and it's up. What was I? I was just doing that song. I go, up. And I saw it, but we'll play it on the way back. Yeah, Damon? Okay. Vinny Bonsignor, Heidi <laughs> Fang, and Damon Cotton. Hit up the show on Twitter at Clay Baker Radio. And now back to the morning tailgate on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Tell you what, we're talking about uh, X Factors. Antonio Pierce might be an X Factor. <laughs> yeah, I love you know the fact saying? that he's there. Love it. Yeah, uh, that's the Raiders linebacker coach, uh, Antonio Pierce, first year linebacker coach, former NFL great. What was it? Two time Super Bowl champion, at least one uh, Super Bowl championship with the New York Giants, uh, formerly of the Arizona State Sun Devil program. Uh, and he was, of course, talking about Divine Diablo, if you didn't pick that up. Um, and we're talking about X Factors, Heidi uh, and Damon. And I think that when you go over to the defensive side of the ball, obviously, offensively, um, you know, you've got a bunch of productive, proven players 
that you know are going to get the job done if they stay healthy. Uh, but the Raiders need Alex Leatherwood offensively to step up, and I think he could be an X factor for both either way, in either direction. He could be an X factor uh, in terms of the good and really solving an issue at right tackle and solidifying that offensive line. Or if he doesn't, that's an X factor in an entirely different direction that I don't think any of Raider Nation wants to go in. But defensively, um, you know, I think that you have your certainties. You have your Chandler Jones. You have um, your your uh, Max Crosby off the edge. I think I think Nate Hobbs, even as young as he is, is kind of a certainty. Um, you know, ranked as the fifth uh, ranked offense or uh, cornerback in the NFL. Um, I think that Trayvon Morrig is developing into kind of a certainty. I think that the future is bright for both of those players. But I think they we already kind of know what the Raiders are getting from those two guys, and it's only up for uh, you know up in the right direction. Hey, up. NSF. Yeah, exactly. NSF. Now um, you know the song because we right. played it there on the comeback. And <laughs> I think you know where you're getting in Denzel Perryman. You know where you're getting in Jonathan Hankins, et cetera, et cetera. And I think even a guy like uh, Bilal Nichols, you kind of know what you're getting with him. Um, but I think an X factor really could be Divine Diablo. 100%. I like that Sam also had made that call. And I think that when you take a look at the, the roster and what he did at Virginia Tech and just – I know he was a safety there, uh, but that – versatility is something that I think makes him a really good weapon in this defense and somebody that has come a long way. And you think like we were talking about with Leatherwood making the transition to the NFL and how difficult that is. Imagine switching up your whole position, which it does happen. It happens more infrequently than people think, but it's something that you still have to learn and you still have to apply anything that you might know about being a safety somehow, obviously, because that's what people will do is take what they learn and try to apply it. But when you're in the linebacker role and how he was playing, it was a lot different, I think, than being able to apply a lot of the concepts he might have known. And now you switch it up again, new linebacker coach, new defensive system, where are you going to fit in? And I noticed he was redshirting a lot um, through through uh um, something was going on physically. Yeah, so he's got something nagging. So he's gonna have to work through that. Uh I think as he can probably comes back to training camp it may be a non issue because he was out there moving pretty yeah. well. But it, you know, something was there that they they want to make sure he's on no contact. But as we get into things in the season, one of the key things that I like that he uh, spoke to me about recently was that he's got his locker right next to Chandler Jones and he talks to him every day. And just getting those mental reps <laughs> and the advice and speaking to somebody that has had the experience in the league that Chandler Jones has had, that is a great guiding light for a guy like Divine. No doubt about it. And um, when you look at what Divine Diablo did last year, he, um, you know, down the stretch, uh, let's face it, he took Corey Littleton's job um, at, at a linebacker position mm-hmm. and uh, took him a little while. He was hurt during training camp. Uh, I think his first uh, game that he actually played was that last preseason game against the San Francisco 49ers up in Santa Clara. Um, he obviously looked rusty, and uh, he wasn't ready. Um, he got uh, uh, he got, he got uh, hoodwinked on a few plays, let's put it that way, yeah. that, the, that the 49ers sure. were running. So it was going to take him a little bit of time. Um, he finally you know, he got into a rotation. He got into some packages. He started showing the Raiders, you know, it's my time now to start, basically. Uh, and he did that. And so when you look at his grades by Pro Football Focus, Focus overall grade sixty three point two not bad uh, for a guy making his his transition uh, to, from safety like you said to linebacker uh, really liked the run defense seventy one point nine grade uh, a very good grade uh, for a part of the game that you were probably wondering about because 
as a safety, you're thinking more, you know, in the in the pass game, uh, which is what he did at Virginia Tech. So you wondered about the run defense. Well, the run defense was actually better last year than the coverage defense. Um, he was he graded out as a 53.7 in pass coverage. You thought maybe that would have been reversed, but it wasn't. Um, uh, but he also he he obviously showed that he could be an asset in the run defense. He was a 67.9 in pass rush, so he's somebody that you could stick on the quarterback uh, from time to time. And I think that um, it's only going to be up from here on the coverage because I think that's going to be the strength of his game. He's a fast, um, savvy player. um, And so if he gets the number on the pass coverage up, uh, you're gonna talk. You're gonna start talking about a really good player. And even if you talk about like the rotations, like Mo was saying earlier, if you had the rotation of those linebackers, and you have a guy like Jayon Brown who was actually better in coverage than he was in run defense or the pass rush against the pass rush, whereas you have guys like Denzel Perryman and Devon Diablo who were much better in those areas than Jayon Brown has been. So uh, Jayon Brown's another interesting guy because I think like Devon, you would probably know <laughs> about this, you know, the the struggles that he's had coming up and just kind of um, injuries and things like that and coming into his own as a a starter. He's had that opportunity here and there, but not consistently. So I think that if you think about the probability that he at first serves more as a rotational guy, that it'll be uh, good for him to be able to get his feet wet again into this defense and and the system that he'll be in with Patrick Graham. But as you think about just, you know, coming out of 2017 and the expectations that were on him, I think now is a good time for him to kind of see a rebirth in his career. And you also have Kenny Young, uh, who say what you want, but he was a starter with the Rams and he went to Denver and he was a starter with the with the Denver Broncos. Uh, so he offers uh, a little bit of stability if Jayon Brown uh, isn't uh, up to the challenge of taking over that role. But when you look at the, the linebackers right now, Chandler Jones, Denzel Perryman, I think Divine Diablo. Um, what are they going to do with that fourth linebacker, um, which would be an outside linebacker? Uh, it, it'll be interesting to see how that all plays out. Again, you're 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 eventually going to see uh, when when the Raiders get out of their base defense, it's it's probably going to go down to three linebackers, maybe sometimes even two, mm-hmm. uh, bringing in some extra uh, pass uh, uh, defenders, defensive backs. Um, but I think Divine Diablo, if 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 he can. Um, you know, show a growth spurt that I think the Raiders are counting on, and that is is extremely possible. Um, I think this is somebody that can be a player that you can use in a lot of different ways. And you know, you mentioned the pass coverage, the run defense. Um, uh, as as a pass rusher, he he flashed in that regard. Uh, so that's the, it's it's a guy that I think the Raiders uh, and Raider fans should keep an eye on. Another one is Malcolm Kuntz. We're going to talk about that uh, when we get back. It's the morning tailgate show with Vinnie Bonsignor, Heidi Fang, and Devon Cotton. Upon further review, your weekly look at the Raiders with your host, Eddie Pascal. A deep dive into all things silver and black. Make sure and tune in every Thursday night at 5 right here on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. The Cardinals are in the city of brotherly love as they take on the Philadelphia Phillies. Catch all the baseball action Sunday starting at 3 on ESPN Las Vegas, 1100 AM and 100.9 FM. Brought to you by Finley Toyota. We're here for you. This is JT for Grimaldi's Pizzeria, cold-fired brick oven pizza, a must-have for anyone craving great pizza. Locations at Boca Park, the Palazzo, South Rainbow, and Green Valley. Learn more at Grimaldi'sPizzeria.com. 
Sign up today for a new William Hill Nevada Mobile Sports account and you can earn a $50 bonus on top of your original $50 or more deposit using promo code GET50. The William Hill Nevada Mobile Sports app allows you to bet on the go from any iPhone, iPad, or Android device from anywhere in Nevada. Sign up today and you'll never miss another bet. With the largest wagering menu, the Mobile Sports app features live in-play betting on all major sports. For more information and to see participating sign-up locations, visit WilliamHill.us. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call or text 1-800-522-4700. This is JT for MeetupVegas.com. The best meats in Vegas sold exclusively to the finest steakhouses are now available to you at wholesale prices, award-winning quality meats, and the best hookup you'll ever get from me. Steaks, chicken, burgers, no more waiting in line at grocery stores, no more waiting in line at other stores that you thought had better meat. The best meat in town. MeetupVegas.com. Code word JT Brick. MeetupVegas.com. It's the third annual Battle for Vegas charity softball game. Come out and watch me, Riley Smith, and my VGK teammates take on our friends from the Raiders as we compete for the ultimate bragging rights. Join us on Monday, July 18th at the beautiful Las Vegas Ballpark, home of the Las Vegas Aviators, as we raise money for the Vegas Golden Knights Foundation. Tickets start at $35 and can be purchased at Battle for Vegas website, Ticketmaster, or at the Las Vegas Ballpark Ticket Office. Visit us at BattleForVegas.com for details. Now back to Clay Baker with your morning tailgate on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Yeah, I see a lot of the players over at that uh, grocery store over in Henderson. But there's a few of them, so. <laughs> Running into Le- Levi. Hello, Levi from Raiders.com. Ran into my Smiths yesterday. Ran out of water. I ran How out of water. Run out of water? It's the kids. Okay. They don't inform you uh, in a timely fashion when dad, mom, you know, because we have two refrigerators, one okay. in the garage. Oh, you have you to have fancy big spender over here. Yeah, yeah right. You know, it was just uh, you know how you accumulate things. There's some prime rib in that as other you accumulate things. But I'll freezer. tell you this about the extra refrigerator in the garage: when you put the water in there, because that refrigerator does not get opened as much as the yeah. kitchen one. Nice and cold. Oh man. And you need that cold water this time of year. <laughs> you most certainly do. Doink. There's my mic again. I always so, uh, do that with yeah, this one. I, I, I pulled up over at Smith's over on Eastern. And and who do I see? Levi. Yeah. It was it's good funny. to see him. And it's we're talking nice about training camps. Yeah. It's a nice little network of folks that we get to see in our areas because I think, you know, we're all like a, a close-knit kind of group out there that, you know, when we see each other, it's like, hey. I it's saw a Deshaun lot, when I was with my son once. It's a lot different than um, you know uh, if you were covering the Raiders up in up in Oakland because you'd never see anybody. Everybody was spread out. <laughs> Same thing happens in Los Angeles um, where everybody's just everywhere. Right. But here, you know, um, you know, and there's great neighborhoods here, yeah. and there's some great places to live. But it's basically going to be Henderson over by the facility, or some some players live a little bit further out, Summerlin, I guess. But um, that's that's kind of a haul. Yeah, I, I, I now I'm, I could not do the Summerlin Hall. Props to everybody that manages that one on a daily. Uh-uh. What, what's 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 funny <laughs> to me is like that would be nothing in California though. That That's drive. true. You know, it's like oh, I gotta drive twenty five minutes, <laughs> and it's never really any like traffic. you know if, it, if we're talking real like that distance, and if you're going through San Francisco or L.A. traffic or Oakland, the Bay Area traffic. That would be a two-hour drive. I remember John Gruden told me it took him about an hour and a half to get to practice every mm-hmm. day in, uh, in yeah. Oakland. Yeah. 
I remember I was commuting from um, Sunnyvale to San Francisco when I worked up at um, the WB20 up there in the NBC3. And it was Ooh, name dropping over here. Oh, oh, so people listening, I know from the Bay Area might know about where that is. Absolutely. So just to give some perspective, but if you go out there, and in from where I was, if you, it was like a light day, it's literally like a twenty-five to thirty-minute drive. It was hella long, as uh, was Q hella, would say. Hella long. You know, the, it's the funny. Bay Area hella. We had <laughs> the we had hella in Southern California. Really? Oh, I didn't know y'all hellaed. Hell yeah. But uh, I had a friend that you would use it wrong because he was from New York oh and he boy. was trying to understand the hella thing because he was just like, we don't say that. I, it, I think it they generated in like Bay Area. Type. It came down yeah. to SoCal, but it, it became a California thing without question. Uh, so he once would say things like, so if I say I have a hella car, does that work? No. And I'm like, no, it does not work. <laughs> he was hella fast. It was hella good. But he would like do the flip. Like it, it's like, you know, in Spanish when they say like, you know, uh, gato negro, they put the thing, the color after the item, right? Yes. So he was doing that with hella. I think I got a D in Spanish. <laughs> I think like, I got that part. He's like, I got the computer hella. I'm like, no. No, no, no. <laughs> okay, guys, we got some text on the Sam and Ash text line. You can text us at the time Sam and Ash text line, 69187, keyword R&R. My distinguished guest, not sure of the PFF formula. It could be Patriots coaches that left and haven't fared so well. PFF does not have DC in the top 10 and we want touchdowns not field goals although we do have the best punter slash kicker 314 Raider D this one's for my guy Fabian who I'm sure is listening no more minus four yeah I yeah and and I mean I I I don't think that they're using you know uh, I, uh like I'm searching for reasons myself why the Raiders are 21st on this rankings um, roster rankings, but I think they're literally just doing it. I don't think it has anything to do with the coaches uh, or the system or how many wins they think that they're going to have. I just literally think that they're going roster to roster uh, and grading it, and and that baffles me because I just when I start, I think stars win games. Obviously, depth, obviously, all that is gonna is gonna play into it. Uh, but stars win football games, and and the the more stars you have, the better roster you're you're gonna you're gonna have. And I think the writers are star studded. All right, and we got a next one. They did not leave a name. You have Trayvon playing free safety, Jonathan Abram playing in the box. Who's the third safety when we go two safeties deep? Do you guys see Gillespie making a jump? No. Uh, I don't know about that. I mean, yeah, I, I don't see him making the jump right now. But hey, there could be other surprises to come in training camp. But there's uh, a lot of, I think maybe uh, Deron Harmon is somebody Harmon, that people are Roger looking at. Teamer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I like Teamer. Yeah, he's somebody that I wasn't sure would make the roster and the McDaniel's. Regime, but when I saw his name come around, I was pleasantly surprised by it. Yeah, I mean, I think his his issue has been staying healthy. Like he plays with a reckless abandon that uh, there needs to be more abandon, I think, and less recklessness. Is that how uh, you? you I mean, <laughs> it's like less recklessness, going back to the Trayvon more abandon. Jake's comment I guess. Earlier, yeah, I mean, and and, and that. Well, because his his issue is that he, he he's such a hard hitter. He dives in, and yeah, mm-hmm. he just he wants to make the big hit, which I applaud him for. But it comes at his expense. And that's the same thing with Abrams. So yeah. When you have two guys that are doing that same thing, you really need to hone one of them in. Right. And I think if I had to pick between the two of which one I think could actually get that change up and and execute better i'm actually going to say abram 
Yeah. He seems to he seems to absorb and improve every year. And I think that he can. I, I think he wants to be a better player and he wants to be one of the top guys in the NFL. And he is wearing the number 24. And I think he wants to put some respect on it. And I, I think that it's somebody that in some ways likes being counted out. And that chip on the shoulder kind of drives him. Yeah, uh, we've seen a, um, a a decided change in in the uh, demeanor of, of Jonathan Abram. Yeah. Uh, I kind of feel like, and uh, I'm not saying this in a disparaging way. Um, as a first round pick, uh, somebody that you know came with you know the uh, a background of of big hits and physical play and big personality. Uh, I understand where, where where Jonathan Abram was trying to not necessarily cash in on that side of him. Uh, especially off the field, um, you know, and trying to create a brand, basically. That's I, I feel like that's what he was trying to do. I saw him on a lot of different, you know, YouTube channels, going sneaker shopping, just having a persona about him, and I and I like that. I I I think that it's great, but I think that first and foremost, it's got to be backed up by your play on the field. That's where it all starts. Uh, everything else follows after that, and I I felt like he kind of put the cart before the horse in that yeah. regard. Um, he he was more about the persona and wasn't backing it up first on the football field. And I know his rookie season was wiped out uh, by the injury, and and you know that wasn't his fault or anything like that. Uh, but but by that second year, it was more persona, less uh, on the field. And I think he's starting to get to the point where it's less persona, more focus on the field. Yeah, and I think that's great, and that's exactly I think what he needs to do to be able to. Uh, persevere, if you will, in the season and to have just that be a better mental, football player, mental toughness on top of it, you know. And, and I think if he can shut out the noise and that's what he needs to do to get the focus right for this season, then yeah, I, I think if, if that's what you need to do to keep your edge about you and produce, go. go and if we're being honest, it. when he went out, that was a big loss for the Raiders last year. Mm-hmm. By that time, he yeah. to me had showed. Hey, if you put him in this role, he's gonna he's he's gonna play fairly well, and he played fairly well in that role. Yeah, and, and I think it, it's uh, that's been the other thing that's hindered him in some respects. I want to say that it's somewhere, and I, this is something written by Mo that in forty nine possible games that he could have played, he's played twenty four or five. Right. So I might not be exact right there on the number of actual games played, but it's something where, you know, if he had more reps, more continuity, more ability to be on the field and and really hone in his craft. But also be used correctly. Mm-hmm. And I think Gus Bradley's system was using exactly. him correctly. So that's what I think we're going to have to wait and see how they go about it with this new system and where he fits in. Right. Uh, I, I hate the, he can't do this, he can't do that. Find out what he can do. Right. And make and let him do that. And don't make him do the things that he can't do. That's coaching. And I felt like the Raiders finally turned the corner on that last year, and he started becoming a better player than he got hurt. If he can continue on that path, um, you know, he could be a player that the Raiders can count on uh, this year. It's the morning tailgate show with Vinny Bonsignor, Heidi Fang, and Devon Cotton. The grill is still sizzling and the drinks are cold. So let's get back to your morning tailgate with Clay Baker on RNR 920 AM. Yeah. The Oxnard Civic Center. 
<laughs> saw these guys. Devon Cotton was over here celebrating. What do we got on your show coming up? Well, on my show, we've got Alexander Volkanovsky coming up at 1110 so and huge. Max Holloway. But on Unnecessary Roughness, it's later today at 3 p.m., Ben Lindsay, the guy who's got Raider Nation and a bit of a tizzy oh. by ranking them number 21 in his rankings for the NFL rosters. Who? No, I'm just kidding. I know we don't. Ben Lindsay. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, direct your complaints. The complaint box is open. Yes, the same as text line. If you've got a question yes. for him, go ahead and line it up now, and we'll get sh- we'll get to it and make sure we ask him at 3 o'clock. The, uh, that complaint box will be open, and I feel overstuffed <laughs> from, uh, from uh, 2 to 5 o'clock uh, today. So uh, listen in on uh, Q and uh, with Damon uh, as well. And Damon's show. Plug your show, buddy. Oh, the fight game on 1230 The Game. You can listen to it on the LV Sports Network. Had such illustrious guests as the incomparable (laughs) Heidi Fang on the show. I mean, you know, nothing but home run hitters on this show. I'm telling you, you got Volkanovsky, man. That is huge. I mean, 24-1, getting after it with Max again. I'm looking forward to this fight. I was surprised about Max being uh, such a big underdog in some of the books that I saw. I saw him as low as like a plus. I saw... Earlier, I think money's coming in on him, but I think it was as low as like plus 280. And we're talking about Saturday, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is when the match mm-hmm. is. My son is already in my ear about this match. Co-main event right there. Yes. It's going to be a big one. Did you see um, Triple G and um, Canelo at the Yankee game? I missed that. Yes. So they were just at the Yankee game? Well, they were promoting they the fight? Were face-to-face at home plate. Yeah. it'll If you if you look it up on the old uh, internet, uh, you'll, you'll, you'll see it, but... Um, but yeah, so they were there. They were just in a stare down at home plate before the game at Yankee Stadium. Uh, uh, yep, I do see this. It was over the weekend. Yeah, it was pretty cool. <laughs> oh. uh, so that's so that's coming. But yeah, uh, listen to Q uh, Q show from uh, two to five o'clock uh, on unnecessary roughness because Ben Lindsay's going to be on to. I don't know. Uh, explain, explain defend himself, <laughs> ward off, fight off. Uh, I think he's going to be. You guys should take calls. You guys should take some calls on that or at least take some texts uh, to read to him because I just uh, – I respect everybody's opinion. I just feel like 21 is a little bit low for, for, for this Raiders team when I look at the players that are on this team, Heidi Fang. Uh, yeah, and again, what I would really like to know about it is were they basing it, and it seems, off of the, the previous grade from 2021 and then – just randomly projecting a number, but it, it seems like they took an average of something. But I don't know what or how they're projecting the number that has created that average. So that's what I would like to hear uh, from Lindsay is really how did you arrive at a number that's projecting each player or team's 2022 season? Times 32. Yeah, and Time's that's 90. that's a lot of work to do. And I know that they do have a database that they plug the numbers into, and they do use a curve and all of that. Uh, the system was kind of explained to me, but I, I just don't know where. How did you assess that number? Where did you grab it? Where, how, how was it applied to each person, or was it? That's where that's where for me these numbers get a little bit bungly. I want to know if he knows that Devonte Adams uh, and Chandler Jones have been added to this team. That one. <laughs> <laughs> 10 games and went to the playoffs. You made a joke. 
I'm just saying. I mean, like, like you know. That's, yeah, no, that's a great point. And especially because I think overall, even though you have a Hunter Renfro already there, when you look at the wide receiver grouping with um, Darren Waller and, um, excuse me, and um, Devontae and Hunter, and then you have the depth that you do in the event that somebody is hurt, like, you know, having a guy like Matt Collins or having a guy Marcus like, Robinson. yeah, and uh, Keelan Cole. Cole, all of those names right there make for a great grouping of people who would be able to have a talent one way or the other, depending on what the personnel is on the field that can really elevate this team's level of play. Yeah, and then you look at like the Kansas City Chiefs who were ranked ninth, who just lost Tyreek Hill. Like, mm-hmm. I, 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 it's just hard. And the Dolphins as high as there. The, the, the Dolphins and the Commanders are the two that I looked at above the Raiders, and I was just like, hmm? And, of course, like when we've talked about the AFC West and just seeing the Chargers as highly ranked as they are. Did you just go, hmm? Hmm? <laughs> Next Scooby-Doo. Yeah, that was a Scooby. Yeah, it's it just that those, to me, I understand that people are going to put them higher the than Eagles. the Raiders. Yeah, there's just some question marks there that you just... I, I don't understand the three ranking on the Chargers. Yeah, I, it, I wouldn't put them. If that high. if you're a Raider fan uh, and they got to line up, uh, oh, go ahead. Okay, if you're a Raider fan uh, and you got to go line it up against the Philadelphia Eagles, are you like tossing and turning like they're so so much better? No, or the Commanders? No. It's like we were just looking at stats for quarterbacks under pressure for the coming season and who is going to be a standout for their team and the name of Jalen Hurts came up and I was not really yeah. uh, aside from the 4,200 yards he threw for I wasn't that impressed with his numbers so yeah. we'll see want to say thank you to Mo Morton Mo, Mo Morton I uh, want to say thank you to Sam Gordon Damon Cotton thank you for uh, filling in on short notice truly so appreciate key. it welcome back Heidi Fang uh, this is Vinny Bonsignor you have been listening to the morning tailgate show we'll be back uh, at it tomorrow. Uh, hopefully, Clay will be uh, back as well. Uh, our best wishes to Clay uh, and his family. Uh, check us out tomorrow, uh, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. Uh, don't forget the Rich Eisen show. Uh, then JT the Brick is coming up from uh, 12 to 2. And then, of course, Q Myers closing it out 2 to 5 o'clock. Hey, guys, it's your boy, Vinny B from Raider Nation Radio in the huddle. Guys, I've been talking for months now about TAT, an affordable quality CBD cigarette. Well, good news. All TAT products are now available at all Speedy Marts across Las Vegas. That's right. TAT products, all of them, are now available at all Speedy Marts across Las Vegas.